6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. The Edmonton Police Service want to see that happen. It comes on the heels of a pilot project at seven Alcana-owned liquor stores in the city that saw a 94% reduction in thefts. You'll remember that that was a huge problem a couple of years ago. Constable Ben Davis is the EPS Liquor Store ID Pilot Project Coordinator. Constable Davis, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me again, uh, Jay Wynn. It's nice to talk with you. So um, for a refresher for my listeners, before this pilot project was put in, implemented in those in those seven stores, um, and we saw that dramatic change, how bad was this issue in Edmonton? How many thefts were there? What were we seeing? Uh, so at our peak in 2019, uh, we were averaging about 26 to 30 a day across the city on top of wow. uh, all of our other um, calls for service so it was very very taxing and a disservice to you know a lot of other people who are waiting but yeah it was a big strain big strain and obviously you know there's always concern about violence and 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 and, and the safety of the of the workers in all of these stores as well yeah 100 percent. and that's the reason why i started it is you know i and i mentioned it before but i work the beat in northeast edmonton and part of that is you know, on a, getting to know the local businesses and being that uh, point of contact for them uh, to solve issues before they have to call uh, a formal call for service. Um, and I was just seeing over and over again victimized staff, um, you know, who you build relationships and they were candid with me about their fear of uh, working. You know, this is the job that they needed to support their family. Um, and they just felt that the environment wasn't safe and they really had nowhere else to turn um, because the industry as a whole is, is kind of self-sustaining there's very little regulation around it so it started with a meeting as most things do and that was back in 2018 um, with experts uh, with various insights from a variety of different angles on this and fast forward to where we are now and we're uh, extremely confident uh, with where we know this needs to go and that's only furthered by the success that's been had in Manitoba to date so so, Constable Davis, give us an idea of how these controlled entrances work. I mean, is someone standing there checking ID? Is it a machine? How, how does this work? No, so it's it's not new technology. This is the exact same uh, tech that's been in our bars and nightclubs downtown, um, and it's done a wonderful job of creating a safe space uh, for the public uh, by filtering out uh, known gang members. Uh, that attend these locations who have a concerning track record of, of violence and violence following them. Um, so we didn't look to reinvent the wheel. We um, <laughs> did our due diligence and researched the fact that a liquor store is uh, captured under the same definition of a licensed premise, which bars and nightclubs fall under as well. So within that definition, uh, there are certain things that we are allowed to collect, which is first, last name, age, and a photo of that person upon entry. So um, once we educated ourselves on the framework that we needed to work within, we sat down and worked with the industry to create a hybrid, um, a, you know, a hybrid application of that technology at a retail level. And uh, it's been extremely impactful. So that what the doors are locked of the liquor store until it is scanned, and if it gets like a green check mark, you're allowed in. Is that how it works? Yep, 100%. So it validates okay. the ID, so it, it recognizes. I mean, a, a tasty byproduct is it not only confirms that it's not a minor that's going in, but it's the leading edge tech 
from my understanding, at recognizing fraudulent IDs. So it does additional good in that regard. But, you know, believe it or not, offenders within the city, they don't want us to know who they are. So just that premise alone um, kind of filters and keeps the environment safe. Um, but we also understand that, you know, technology, if it's anything like me, um, not good bedfellows. So we, we, we created the whole thing around the staff to make them feel safe. So at any point, they can still override the system and buzz people in. Um, but the key thing is they need to feel safe in doing so. And what that does is keep the risk outside as opposed to having them deal with it once it's inside. Constable Davis, was there any um, was there any drop off in business from the seven stores that had implemented this? No, and you know you'd have to talk to Alcana for specifics, but that's something that um, you know they've been monitoring and uh, we've been privy to uh, since you know the inception of this. Um, you know the privatized industry, you've got. 460 plus stores in Edmonton alone. So, you know, we're, we're creatures of habit and I understand you can cross the road and, you know, go to a new location if you see fit. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's uh, what, what community do you want to be a part of? You know, one that looks out for everybody within or one that's self-serving. And I think what we've seen when we included the staff is that, you know, a majority of people are willing to take one or two seconds to create that safe environment that is a huge benefit not only to them but the staff that work there day in and day out. Constable Ben Davis joining us this afternoon. The Alberta Liquor Store Association President uh, Yvonne Martinez has been quoted as saying not all liquor stores are seeing high levels of crime and doesn't they don't want a uniform rule that could cost small retailers thousands of dollars to implement. She'd like to see police come up with another plan to allocate more resources to respond to these calls, clamp down on theft offenders rather than implement this new measure on the industry. Your reaction to those comments? Uh, you know, we're aware and, you know, we certainly respect the views of uh, Ms. Martinez. Um, she the also was supportive when we first drafted this concept back in 2019. Uh, they attended the, uh, the public launch, the field test, um, before we had the 94% compelling data. So, mm. you know, and I've what I've done is I've never... This isn't something that I'm cramming down the throats of anyone. I mean, my energy and, and uh, desire to keep this going is fueled from the staff and the people on the front line that don't necessarily have the loud voice that they should. So I've been going around. I mean, I'm cognizant of that. Um, unfortunately, they're speaking for a very small contingent within a vast industry. Um, I would be curious to see their membership list. But I, uh, I've attended about 50 uh, smaller uh, liquor store businesses just on my own time to get to ensure that the feedback um, from them uh, ensures that I'm on the right path and in all 50 um, some identified as also members support a mandated approach that would require all locations to have uh, controlled entrance technology how, how much would it cost uh, for one of these liquor stores um, you know how much would it cost for you know the owner to to put this system in so that was you know uh, Jay Leonard, when we were looking at this, cost was important because the only privatized uh, industry, there's a lot of different incomes and people. you got owners working in locations. Some only own one location. So um, we recognized very early on that we don't have the government money that Manitoba has. And what they've implemented is, you know, the Rolls-Royce of, of what you would expect. But, you know, we still have similar data with what we've done. So the device itself, I believe, is 2500 bucks. 
Um, a majority, that's a one-time charge. A majority of the businesses, like at the 50 that I went to, they already have electric strike access control, so it would interface with that. Um, so 2500 bucks, and then after that, to my understanding, there would be a uh, database maintenance fee of a couple hundred a month. Um, and we basically looked at, well, what when things get crazy at a store and they're getting hit left, right, and center, I mean, the knee-jerk reaction um, that's available to them in the existing toolbox is a security guard. Well, yeah. a security guard for eight hours a day for 365 days a year, and we just said about 30 bucks an hour, we'll say, so the business takes, but that's about 95K a year. Um, yeah, yeah. And that doesn't give you open to close coverage. So this is, this the value and the price point, I think, is, is certainly conducive to uh, what's needed in the industry. And Constable Davis, before I let you go, I mean, you're, you're talking at, at the peak of the, the liquor store thefts, I think it was back 2018, uh, you were saying that there were, you were seeing 26 or 30 a day, 26 to 30 yeah. a day in Edmonton. That takes up a lot of police resources. What would be the benefit, um, you know, would it, what would it do for the police service to have this in place? Well, you know, our, our focus has been from the get-go uh, community safety. Um, we recognize this as following uh, prior crime trends that led to grievous consequences that took a toll on communities. So that's our, our first and foremost. But given um, events of late, if we wanted to look at it from a financial perspective, I mean, 2019, um, those numbers... Um, on the low end, um, very low, and I can get into the details as to how we got these numbers, but you're looking at a savings of one and a half to $18 million in frontline police re- response costs. Um, if we look at 2021, um, right now, even with the reduction, and, and a lot of people just aren't reporting anymore on Global, I indicated that one location in particular had 40 events in three weeks, and we only had two calls wow. for service received. So big discrepancy. But 2021, I mean, this still has the potential based on these numbers to save us, uh, you know, a half million to four to five million in frontline policing costs. So it's innovating to uh, work smarter, not harder. And uh, this does just that. Okay. And uh, you've launched a survey to um, gather some more public input. Where can people find that? Uh, I think that's on the um, city website. I'm not 100% okay. sure. Kind of, <laughs> I had some insight in crafting it. Um, I've had a peek. It, it's encouraging. Um, I'm glad that we're not super into left field with uh, the direction that we're going and the amount of due diligence done. But I would I would say the uh, City of Edmonton website would probably have that survey. So. All right, Ben. I'm going to leave it here this afternoon. Thanks for joining us and thanks for the update. I appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, Jaylen. Always a pleasure. Take care and for heaven's sake. Take care. Yes, exactly. Constable Ben, bye-bye now. Constable Ben Davis from the Edmonton Police Service. What would you...